Hello everybody and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar, and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today we're discussing Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh good, it's not the overly tall blue people. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) This is one that all three of us have some sort of like connection to and there's not necessarily a noob in this one per se because no. all three of us have various levels of enjoyment on it Absolutely. oh well i i think quite clearly caleb the the most noobish of all of us and the least interested in all three of us is clearly you Oh, yes. oh, absolutely. oh, absolutely. I yeah. clearly don't have a tattoo on my arm from this show. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mr. Earthbender, you. <laughs> know what I'm about. What can I say? <laughs> and every time I hear Earthbender, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I just think of Toph doing the earthbending roller skating. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. See, my first thought when I think of Toph is usually either one of the Badgers... Or it's the time she invents metal bending. Yeah. <laughs> well, the earth, the bending, skating away was right after when she escaped from that. Yeah. Ah. So, uh, all right. So the the skating was it like above? I forget if it was yeah, above, it was the, above ground the ground or if it was, it was like, like she basically just had mounds of earth like kind of attached to her feet and she was just moving her feet up like yeah kind of like riding a bike or an elliptical or something right and the earth was moving underneath her as she was like zooming away mm. i have to say that uh avatar the last airbender is definitely one of my favorite quote unquote slash whatever anime animes that we're you... gonna say it and if you're perfect if Thank someone you. disagrees you're just wrong we're not gonna argue this okay. Let's move on. <laughs> it's one of my favorite animes because it brings together a couple of my favorite things is cartoons superpowers and i can't remember what the other thing was that i was gonna say but <laughs> mark those, hamill. those two things mark hamill <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so cool because like the elemental element of it is really cool and yeah well it's such a fascinating universe just with the four bending and seeing like how bending kind of holds a place in society as technology uh continues to grow throughout like Korra and stuff like that and just seeing how different society is it's like okay we still have benders now we have like police that are specifically working with metal bending because things are so different the standard bending doesn't quite have the same mm-hmm. oomph to it so they're having to really think outside of the box and kind of shooting themselves in the foot so yeah it's just such a like an interesting universe and so many good characters <sighs> yeah it's like yeah the original series had so many good ones like the um obviously the main ones being katara sokka toff and ang Yep. Um, and Momo. But, and Momo, of course. Oh, and and, and uh, Appa. Appa. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, it's like really all of the good guys in Avatar Last Airbender are good. And then Legend of Korra has the really good villains. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like obviously good bad guys and good good guys in both series that kind of like cross over. But like the... Iroh. The Aang gang. Oh, Iroh. The Aang gang is what stands out in... Avatar Last Airbender, and I would consider Iroh part of that, even though I didn't really, like, travel with them like mm-hmm. Zuko did and some of the others, but he was, like, working with them at one point, so I, I still consider him under that umbrella, whereas, like, Bolin was really entertaining, but the rest of the Korra crew was like, eh. Yeah. And then it had those really enjoyable villains. It was like, oh, they actually might win this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had all sorts of different cool versions of, of the bending that was just like, what? That is crazy. <laughs> well, that's one thing I'll, I'll tag on to what Caleb was saying earlier about how it was shaping society and how that was just how they worked. We start to see that even in the original series, where in the backstory elements, you see how, hey, each each tribe, each group, they, they learn this bending style from something in their surroundings mm-hmm. of how to affect what's immediately and predominantly in their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we see throughout the course of that series... Where as people are starting to realize, like, hang on, yeah, the Fire Nation is basically telling us, don't do this. Mm -hmm. But they're doing it, and it's completely revolutionized their society. Why can't we try to at least improve our own? Why can't we at least try to improve our own? Because the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you start to see that shift where it's no longer, 
they're learning this because of their environment, but they're now learning it as part of their culture to affect their environment differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, the swamp ones that were like oh, God, using that. the water, like water bending the water in the vi- the seaweed and stuff yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, those episodes were those episodes will haunt you. Yeah. Well, it's just They're like fun though. Like it's fun, the same but... thing with the earthbenders in the desert using the sand to like create the tornadoes and right, effectively right. Wi- uh, like airbend using sand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. Well, and I guess you see that in all kinds of other ways. There's also like the um, the guy with the tattoo on his head that shoots the combustion out of combustion man, combustion man. <laughs> and then there's the earthbender in Legend of Korra that does earthbending, but creates so much intense pressure with the rocks that he creates magma. Mm-hmm. And so it's this completely different, unique form of bending that we hadn't seen up to that point. Yeah. Yep. The evolving of the the different bending is mm-hmm. really cool. I would it's love kind to of see it, like go it, back to like a prequel and just see like how different things were before people started to pick up on these unique skills. Right? Or was there a unique skill that was used back then that has been lost? Yeah, yeah. And Which, with the with the uh, announced um, series that are coming Netflix out, movies? it looks like the yeah. yeah. It seems like the Paramount Paramount yeah, movies. Sorry, yeah. Paramount movies. Well, it's it's technically through the Avatar: Last Airbender studio that the creators opened. It, like Paramount is funding it and running yeah. everything. But... Well, Paramount owns Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. staying in house technically, but, but they're letting them have their free reign with it and not doing what they did with Korra, where there's just like, okay, will we get another season? Are we canceled after this season? There was so much uncertainty going into each season of Korra. That was what caused the writing and the storytelling to be so different. Kind of drop off a bit. Right. And I'm hoping that we won't see some of those same issues with Korra with the movies that they announced, especially since, again, they're not having that uncertainty that they had with Korra when it was just like, will we or won't we? Um, and the just the movie and the, and the actual creators being behind it and just having that creative freedom. And I think that's going to be exciting with all three of the movies. And it's something that... I was talking with my buddy Gabe about earlier, just the way that they're doing these and the fact that we have all three movies revolving around completely different characters. It's really cool to see that they're not doing what they did with the whole Skywalker problem in the Mm. Star Wars movies, where it's like we have this one specific bloodline. We don't know how to branch off from it. We're going to stick with this and just use those characters to establish other characters. No, we're going to go ahead and create our own universe, our own characters. Yeah. And that's like we've, and the way that they're doing it too, we have a prequel, a present, and a future set up with the movie. So we've got the Kyosha movie, which is going to be before Aang, like by a good bit. Yeah. And then we're going to have Aang, or the Zuko movie that's not going to directly involve Aang, most likely. It'll probably revolve around Zuko during his time during exile and whatnot. And then we have, or no, it's actually based on the picture, it's going to be when he's Fire Lord. So it'll be post. So Last they'll probably have Aang in there a little bit with yeah. some, like, well, Avatar they, they did, Fire Lord Right, friendship. and they did, like, work together very closely. So, like, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens there. And then we also have the actual Katora movie, or Korra movie. Katora. Katora, <laughs> yeah. We have the wow. Korra movie <laughs> that is after Aang's passing. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. And the fact that they're sticking with animated is yeah. also them kind of trying to shake the stigma of the live action movie that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the, uh, stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> the nice thing about, uh, the whole not following a specific bloodline is that like with the Skywalker saga, it was very hard to move away from that because the Skywalker family was so in integral in the story. Not entirely true. Mandalorian didn't follow the Skywalkers. I'm talking about the movie. The movie Rogue saga. One didn't. Rogue One didn't follow the Skywalkers. Solo that wasn't didn't part of the Skywalker saga. <laughs> well, it was they, part they of the used, same timeline. The issue is that it was more them using established characters to try and force the new characters down our throats while they were changing the established characters. That's something that we're not. I'm hoping that we won't see with Avatar: Last Airbender, and that, especially since they are doing different timelines, different characters that didn't really have any direct interactions outside of Aang going into the spirit realm and communicating with with, um, Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi. Well, that's the thing I was trying to say, though, is that with Avatar, I feel like it's a a better... It's a 
it's easier to go off on different storylines because they have so many different storylines that they could go off of because there's been hundreds of avatars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they can go off of this storyline and go, okay, Kiyoshi has its own storyline. Yeah. Whereas Skywalker, I feel like there was this one storyline and then they went, okay, we I can branch off of those. Feel but. like. I mean, it's a galaxy with millions of characters. But back to the <laughs> last airbender. We, this <laughs> argument will take over, and it'll be an all-night thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with it, and especially with the creators being involved. Yeah, uh, It's not going to be like the live-action situation where it's just like, oh, we actually don't agree with the decisions you're making. We're out. Okay, cool. We'll keep making this without you then. Yeah, It's them working on their own thing, having the free reign to do things. And I'm especially excited for Kiyoshi because she she is such an interesting character. And just based on what my friends uh, Gabe and Dan have told me of the book with Kiyoshi, like she's just a beast. Mm-hmm. Entirely different mindset than Aang, where it's like, I've always got to find the peaceful option. She's like, body count? Ha! Double it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they start this one off with Aang in the spirit world talking to Kiyoshi and then Kiyoshi just taking over the storyline. Yeah, it would not surprise but, me at all if they move that route, or that, if they take a similar tack with the Korra film, mm-hmm. where it's interspersed with Korra going into the spirit realm, talking to well, other, other avatars, mm, figuring like, what would you do? My in prediction is that Korra is going to be what happens after the Korra series, in which case that's not going to be an option. How so? She can't. Y'all have seen Korra, right? I didn't. Finish I don't it. think I finished it. No. Do you want me to spoil no, it? No, go ahead. So, so guys, sorry, we turned this into one geek, two noobs. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, which, granted, the series has been out for a while, so <laughs> that's on you. Like, she breaks the connection with all of the past Avatar. Oh, oh wow. And she, that's beca- right. that's because right. of, like, the events that happen in season two or three, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but she loses that connection with the spirit world and all of the previous avatars. So, it's going to be... A very, I think it's going to be post Korra, and it's going to be probably her kind of reestablishing that Avatar spirit world connection. Yeah. Is my guess oh, setting okay. up for future stuff? Because if they're getting their own studio and being able to just run with it and do whatever they want, it would make sense that we see more stuff revolving around post Korra as well as prequels. And please give us a season on just pro bending. Just that's all I want. Just a whole show about pro bending because that's friggin' dope. And if if my, if my speculation is right, I think we may actually start seeing. Love that vote, vote of confidence there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we've learned anything in the past, Caleb's pretty good at predicting yes, things. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> and like this is just a guess because we have absolutely no information. On yep. what's going to happen. The only thing we see is like the picture of all of the individual characters. And I'm just guessing that that's what we're going to see with Korra. Just the way that the show started off and the what happened throughout the show. It would not make a lot of sense to do something during the events of the show or before. Unless they were focusing on that pro-bending aspect and just did a fun movie around that. Which, as much fun as that would be, I don't see it happening. Yeah. And I, so my, I would see more of a series than a movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. And so my guess is that it's going to be post-Legend of Korra storytelling. Well, I also think that we're going to see branching out into other media beyond comics and, and books and obviously mm. shows. I think we may actually see genuine story-driven games, not just, hey, here are your favorite characters from the series and look at them all fighting together yeah. or against each other. Yeah. Because uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know if y'all were tracking this, but there was a there was a fan a fan made ver- uh, game made inside of a it's a PlayStation exclusive uh, Dreams. Okay. Based on the Avatar series, mm-hmm. uh, Nickelodeon kept giving Nickelodeon Paramount or one of the overhead companies start kept giving kind of uh, cease and desists on this fan made game. The fans weren't asking money for it. It's just kind of a, hey, we've made this world inside of this other game. Right. So they're getting nothing out of it. And then all of a sudden, as far as I was tracking, the cease and desist letters stopped. So it would not surprise me at all if they finally caved and said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and try to uh, get an actual game going again. I think that would be 
a really smart thing to do because we've had some previous games, mm-hmm. but it was kind of just more so tracking the story that we already had from the show. It right. wasn't anything unique, wasn't introducing any new characters. I think it would be really cool to see that. I would love to see something like what the Hogwarts game that we've got coming out, where it's mm. completely customizable character living in this world, and maybe like kind of a different aspect of like the Siege of Bossing Say, where you're having to fight off some Fire Nation soldiers or something happen- like that. But nothing happens in Bossing Say. <laughs> Including death. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that would be really interesting. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen. That's just my hopes and dreams. Um, but yeah, I think that the Avatar, or really the the Avatar universe, would just be something that would be so rich for gaming. Oh, yeah. I mean, just... Could you imagine if you could create your own custom character and pick the style and the clan and just like... That customized be, like crazy and yeah, like, yeah that would like, be amazing. <laughs> it'd be awesome. It would be like making your own avatar. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I am both proud and so disappointed. Yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> hey, I'm becoming a dad. I gotta get them. <laughs> I gotta get them out where I can. Gotta get your practice going. <laughs> you are gonna have so much time for dad jokes. Like, <laughs> this is not something. that's like I have a hard stop right here. This is like no. You have the rest of your life, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, no. The game idea. I I would love to see that though. Um, but kind of going back to the movies themselves, like. Um, like obviously we saw, like literally we've only seen the the promo picture of the three different movies, and if memory serves, they're coming out a year apart each, right? Mm-hmm. Or roughly. Yeah. So the first one, um, let me pull up that picture. I believe it was supposed to be next year. Okay. So uh, the Kyoshi movie is twenty twenty four, Zuko twenty twenty five, and then Korra twenty twenty six. Okay. So the <sighs> so qu- long, right? But the quick, well, the quick succession in towards the end of june my guy so like yeah it is we're long, at the halfway it's point. still two like, more years a year and a half though yeah mm. but it's gonna probably go by a little bit quicker than we realized especially yeah. once marvel dice throne comes in but <laughs> different topic <laughs> that will be another episode by the way anyway uh <laughs> but i think with the uh the, with the rapid release of those I think it, that kind of implies that they're building up to something else, yeah. either at the tail, mm, either to pair with the release in 2026 or in 2027. There's going to be some big announcement that's going to be kind of a big return to form for the franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm. You think uh, like a new TV show or like... That would make the most sense, I think. I think so, too. Um, Considering the origins we, of the series. Especially if we yeah. look at, like, like, let's take anime into it. Uh, into the case, for example. So, like, we had Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods, and we had Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F, and those were precursors to Dragon Ball Super, something mm-hmm. that started after that, and it's now an, on, an its own ongoing thing. There's been a third movie. They're continuing the manga. They're really building up this universe to say, okay, Dragon Ball is not dead. I think it's going to be a lot of that same thing with the Avatar movies. Yeah. We're going to see these three movies that are touching on one character that we don't know a lot about that we that the fans love and want to know more about, mm-hmm. an established character that everyone loves, and a character that has been a little bit more, con- uh, not controversial, just not as well received, mm-hmm. that they're building up. And it's like really them expanding on this incredible universe that so many people love and saying, buckle up. Yeah. A lot more is coming, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to say, I'm, I'm probably more looking forward to the Zuko um, movie myself. Like, I'm definitely looking forward to Kiyoshi um, in and of itself because uh, it's a different storyline that I, I don't know a lot about. Mm-hmm. But Zuko has always been one of my favorite characters. Yeah. So, like, seeing a movie just about him and his journey after after the events of Avatar mm-hmm. and being, like, being Fire Lord, dealing with his past, dealing with, yeah. um, you know, his friendship with Aang... And maybe the loss a love. of Iroh. Uh, the loss of Iroh, yep, it's that would be... probably going to touch on, like, his relationship and starting up his family and whatnot. Yeah, with um, uh, May, right? Yeah. I, what I think, like, so I agree with you. I do think Zuko is an incredible character, and he's definitely one of my favorites. There's a couple reasons why I'm more excited about Kyoshi. One, Earthbender, duh. Yeah. Two, 
it's this character that has always looked really interesting mm-hmm. that we have so little about unless you happen to have read the books. Right. In which case, then you know a lot more about her and just know how beastly she was. And so, like, that's why that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to her movie a little bit more. Yeah. Is because she is a character that I'm very curious about and want to see. Whereas with Zuko, <clears throat> we had such a satisfying arc in the show mm, yeah. and the way his character was built and developed throughout the series. It, it I had a very satisfying ending with it. Again, I'm, I'm very much excited for the Zuko movie and I can't wait to see it. And I, I, I want to see more of his character, mm-hmm. but I'm also really content with what we've gotten from his character. Yeah. And so Kiyoshi just has that slight leg up above him. For yeah. That yeah. I can, I can definitely see how, how you can feel that way. Um, and I, I mostly agree. Like I, I definitely agree that he had a very um, satisfying end to to his storyline. But I've always been a very big fan of fire. <laughs> like fire, firebending to me is like one of the best things in the world. The way you paused for a second there made me think of Hotel Transylvania. Firebad. Firebad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Like firebending is really cool. And just the way that it's like it could potentially damage the wielder and just like being able to see unique things like and the lightning bending, yeah, the lightning bending Iro like breathing out the hot steam on his cuffs to burn the guards in that one episode and like <laughs> fire bending out of his feet. <laughs> like, there's just so many cool things. And then, like, I still love the joke. I saw him warming up tea. It's a tea shop. <laughs> like I agree with you. Fire bending's cool, but yeah, being the stubborn ginger I am, I got to love me some earth bending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is one aspect of the Zuko show that I'm actually really intrigued by, and I think this is probably where they're going to take it plot-wise, and so I am leaving this completely open for me to be wrong, but I think with how much, how strong the reign of the Fire Nation was during that time whenever Zuko was just the prince mm-hmm. and the exile, I think during that time, what we're probably going to see in the show is probably other nations or other small factions trying to rise up saying, no, 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 you enslaved us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're striking back. Yeah. And I think it's going to be him taking these lessons learned from the rest of Aang, Korra, or not Korra, Katara, and, and everybody else, taking those lessons learned and turning it around like, okay, yes, we yeah. screwed up. Yeah. But I think it's also going to be a bit of like him establishing it's like, okay, yes, we're the Fire Nation. We did some terrible things. None of that. Well, I I wasn't directly responsible for all of that. I did some of it. Some. But (laughs) I'm also not the same person. So you can't hold me accountable for the father's sins. But you also need to remember, I'm the Fire Lord for a reason. I am strong. Don't think you can just take the walk all over us yeah, yeah. i think well, it could be a very uh unique dichotomy of like yes i'm strong but i'm also meek yeah you yeah. know like i i'm going to be a good fire lord i'm going to be someone who works with you and and works that was kind to... of the difference between ozai and iroh yeah ozai was was powerful and when he wasn't showing off that power he was conniving yeah mm-hmm. whereas iroh was rarely showing off that power and he was, as you very aptly put it, meek. Yeah. Where, I mean, even throughout the series, we don't know how how hardened a warrior the man is until one episode when he's escaping prison. Yeah. I was going to say that and also the idea of him being the warrior that took down Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he was a beast. Oh, yeah. And, you, like, you knew it, but you didn't know it enough well, in... He, he... His, His conquest on Bossing Se was a failed conquest. Oh, it was. That's yeah. right. That's right. I he nearly that. did single-handedly take down that city. Yeah, and it is a fortified city. Yeah. However, that's what it was. He was. He was the. He was the one that almost took it down, but it was. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And another aspect that I hope they hit on during, if they go that route, another aspect I hope they hit on, is that he was a professional warrior, mm-hmm. not a bloodlust. Yeah. Got to get me some type of mentality. He, he had respect for his opponent, yeah. yeah. But he also had a greater respect for the country he was defending or fighting for. Mm-hmm. And we see that in those episodes where he walks into Bossing Say and just immediately dawns on him, like, "Hats off to you guys, yeah, because y'all defeated me at my best." Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think one other thing, too, that I think would be a really cool thing for them to show is, like, Zuko dealing with the loss of Iroh, but at the same time, like, realizing... Or showing the same kind of loss from him as Iroh did for his son. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was part of what actually caused him to lose that battle at Bossing Say. Like, his spirit was broken because of his son's passing. Yeah. And so his, like, had he not had that that tragic incident in his life, like, he very well could have taken Bossing Say. Mm-hmm. Yep. But seeing, like, the, like, Zuko go through the same... Like, not exactly the same loss, but a very similar loss of, mm-hmm. this was basically my father. Yeah. And, like, having that. I, I feel like we'll still see some of that uh, issue with uh, him just kind of dealing with those insecurities that he had from everything that happened to him from his father. And it's just like, yeah. like okay, I'm the fire lord now. I'm in charge. But I don't even feel like I'm worthy of this position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not having his uncle there to be his confidant mm-hmm. so kind of fighting some imposter syndrome yeah yeah I, yeah i could see that and who knows we could see something with like azula trying to break out or something oh man him. oh god <laughs> crazy it's like him, old azula it's like <laughs> him and katara like fighting at their peak to like take her down oh, and like and that was also yeah. just because she had mentally snapped yeah, at that yeah. point so i would love to see an older zuko and katara like taking them or taking her on yeah that'd be so cool (laughs) i don't know if that's gonna happen well i know that like if i'm remembering correctly zuko may have helped with the capture of those four prisoners that were working with zaheer and korra and that was like later on down the timeline so we likely won't see that timeline wise in this movie based on like the images we've seen but like it would be kind of cool to see something tie in with that yeah that'd be sick Especially considering like Zaheer is like one of the most dangerous people in the universe, and up until Korra, he had no bending. (laughs) So he was kicking butt and taking names just as a Sokka, which Sokka kicked all kinds of people. Oh, yeah. Like, like, so yeah. And just a boomerang and a sword. (laughs) No, my meteor sword. (laughs) Where's a. Pretty awesome sword. I gotta admit. <laughs> you always come back to me, Boomerang. <laughs> it would be awesome, though, to see a... Even if it's just a, a short series of making a... Of watching Toph go from, I help the Avatar, to, no, 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 I run the police. Mm. To being the chief of the police. Yeah. It'd be awesome to see that that rise and her story arc from that point of just saying, you know what? I'm happy being in the background. Mm. Well, she was like, she likes being in the background, but she also liked not being so restricted where she could just kind of do the bending leagues that she was doing and stuff like that. And she was just True. like, yeah, I'm in the background, but I'm also the champion kicking everyone's butt over here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Return speaking of the blind of, bandits. Yeah. Speaking of, of Toph, I did end up watching that video that you sent David of the, um, kind of the origin story of, um, yeah, Toph. yeah, the little fan made video. Yeah, little. It was a live action fan made video of uh, Toph learning or beginning learning how to um, earth bend from the uh, from the badgers. The badger badgers. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was very interesting. Like, I didn't quite love the pacing of it, but it was it was very much a fan project. But it was done so with admiration for the character, right? Yeah, um, and. For those who enjoy the series, would strongly encourage you to go look it up. Um, if we can find the if we can find the creators and the link to it, we'll put it in the show notes. Because I mean, again, it's very much a it is a fan film. It is some something where people are passionate about the project, passionate about the character, and they wanted to do something to fit those passions. Yeah. So, as a rough first outing, they did a good job. Well, that's the fun thing with fan-made projects is you see this level of passion that you don't see for things outside of that. And it's just like with Filoni taking over Star Wars, it's like this person that has grown up loving this series and having this genuine passion for it is getting to do something where they're working on this, whether it be legitimate through the studio or a fan-made thing on YouTube or whatever, just that love and passion that you don't see from like 
big studios are just like, oh, we just want money. Well, let's make money. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So here's a question for you guys about the um, the series. What do you think your top, I'm going to say top two favorite moments of the original series? Oh, man. I know there's probably uh, a lot. <laughs> There's oh, so many yeah. good. Moments. I don't even know what mine are, so um, I'm just I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I gotta say, one of my favorite moments was when Aang and Katara were fighting with Zuko and Azula in the Crystal Dungeon underneath Bossing Say. Oh yeah, it's just mm-hmm. that moment where Katara pulls water around her and she has the like octopus tentacles swirling around her, and it's just like her in just this state where she's like, "I am fighting for my life." I am going to take down as many of you as I have to in the process. Mm -hmm. And just showing her is like showing her kind of backed into a corner and she's not like running or scared. She's just like, I'm going to take you with me. Yeah. And it's just, that was something that always stood out to me and watching her just like in this state we've never seen her in Mm -hmm. before. Um, that one definitely stands out to me. And the start of her mama bear personality. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, with Toph being my favorite character, it's got to be all the blind jokes that oh, she yeah. makes about herself. <laughs> yep. And just like, like it's just the fun fact. Oh, look, there it is. That's what it's going to sound like when one of you sees it. Yeah. <laughs> and just her being able to have fun with it. And it's just like, I'm blind. I can't do anything about it. May as well just take the mick out of it while I'm doing it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nobody can make fun of you when you're making fun of yourself. Exactly. And Toph <laughs> is just such a good character with like, Inventing the earthbending and just that great moment in the final season where she like knocks the metal door down and just falls into it and wraps it around herself, starts kicking <laughs> butt, and it's just like, oh, she's scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only is she a powerful earthbender, she's an inventive powerful mm-hmm. earthbender. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Inventive and stubborn enough to say, oh, I can't bend metal. Watch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold my beer. Uh. <laughs> Hold my tea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it would be uh, my number one moment. Gah. Number one moment for me would probably be um, Iroh's arc. Mm-hmm. His. Gah. The, uh, his prison, not just his prison arc, his arc, but even his, his, his oh, arc just, in general, yeah. and, yeah. and it might be a bit of a cop out, but whatever, I'll take well, it. No, like he's got such an enjoyable arc yeah. throughout he the whole. He does. Series. I mean, it's it's just watching him like it's impactful. It's powerful. You see these mm-hmm. moments of immense strength to absolute weakness. I remember I was reading something on a meme site that uh, was talking about Iroh, and it was just the struggles he had as kind of being the father figure for Zuko. And it was like just him trying to piece together. It's like, okay, I had a son. I remember when he was a teenager and he had all this angst and like was acting the way that Zuko was. He had all this ang? (laughs) (laughs) But his was because of just being a teenager. I need to try and figure out what, when is it him being an awkward teenager trying to figure things out? And when is it him dealing with this legitimate trauma that he has? And there was like that moment when he went, when Zuko went on that date in Ba Sing Se and came back and he was just like, I don't want to talk about it and slams the door behind him. And Iroh, that look on his face is like just this fear of hoping that it's like, I just wanted him to have one normal night as a teenager. Yeah. And just like that concern. And then Zuko pops his head out and was like, it was nice. And then just shuts the door and just that genuine happiness and relief yep. <laughs> on his face when he was just like, my boy got his moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just yeah. like, ah, man, his character, his arc is so good. And yeah. just same thing with him and Zuko in the end when he was just like, I was scared that you lost your way. I wasn't upset with you. And it's just yep. like one character had so many emotionally driven moments yeah. throughout that series. Yeah. Kind of something to clarify what you said, David, about from going from strength to weakness, I wouldn't necessarily call it weakness. I think he, it was emotional, definitely. But I don't. You're think right. He, Not weakness, but more of just absolute despair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was a, a. Yeah, despair in his strength. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or strength in his despair. Yeah. And this is part of the reason why I haven't finished uh, Korra. Is and I'll go ahead and chuck this up to my second point for the original series. The original series was able to bring up extremely heady topics for its audience. Yes. And not just heady, but genuinely 
heavy yeah. topics and did so with a respect for the topic and the audience. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't dumb things down, but at the same time, they didn't over explain or pander the topic. Yeah. yeah. Just saying, yes, this is bad, but we need to be able to, to make the best of it. So if that's either you're noticing a problem, cool, you're part of the solution now. Yeah. Or if it's one of those moments of you can't fix this, your best thing to do is to move on and help others do the same. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a combination of things with the way that they touched on those heavy topics that being like the stories that were provided with the books before the show and then the way that Dave Filoni told the story. Because we saw a lot of that with his work in Clone Wars where they touched on some genuinely scary topics. There was moments where you're just sitting there like, this is a kid's show? There's no way this is a kid's show. And that's kind of a common theme and things that Dave Filoni works on is just like him touching on some genuinely difficult topics, whether that be something that he's specifically bringing to the table or something that was in an established canon that he's adapting into the show. Like he's always done such a good job of that. And I agree like that. The avatar touched on those topics so well and just dealing with like different kinds of depression from different angles with these characters and the, like the trauma and the things that they dealt with throughout the show and just different kinds of trauma and like it's just it's got some very heavy moments that are told at really well and shown the respect that they need to be shown yeah absolutely and a close third sorry <laughs> would be the running jokes oh, the comedic yeah. timing of the show is awesome yeah. but the running jokes that kind of tie it in where you're almost expecting them to pop up at any moment and those moments when they don't you just feel that that absence of them. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> but then you realize they, they're using that absence to drive another point home. Yeah. And then they give you that moment of just, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, you can laugh. It's one of those shows that you have to watch through a couple of times to like pick up on some of those subtleties. Cause like the first time watching through it, you're like, oh, that would have been a funny moment for a joke. Then the second time you're watching through it, you're like, oh, that would have killed the point if they, they didn't, didn't, if they did the it. Yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nice. So what about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, mine, I, I'd have to say, um, like I said, Zuko is one of my favorite uh, characters. So I think one of my favorite moments is when um, Zuko and Aang end up going to see the dragons. Mm-hmm. And they do the dragon dance mm-hmm. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It shows them oh, so working good. together and like, and like Zuko turning that corner of like, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm a, I'm a strong like, I'm a, not a dancer and blah 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 yeah. blah. And then he just does it, and it's just like, okay, and I realize I have to lower myself, and or See, not necessarily lower myself, but like to unison so. for like, like truly coming yeah. to unison for the first time. Yeah, and that connection is like where we've been kind of working together, but we don't have that connection. We don't fully trust each other. And, and he's that, trying to teach Aang firebending, yeah. and it's just not working because there's no unison there. So it's like... There's no trust, yeah. 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 And then in that moment, it's just like everything oh. goes away. <laughs> and it's just the trust and the like working together and just yeah. like, we have to do this or we're... Screwed. And the fact that the dragons are, are mm-hmm. flying around them in the same unison, it's just like, oh, so cool. You yeah. mentioning that makes me think that would be kind of cool to get around on the test. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd well, be really cool. I think another cool aspect about it was uh, and we, we hit on this a little bit in uh, a previous episode about childhood cartoons but uh, one of the shows that came up for at least two of us was Samurai Jack and how it was so good at visual storytelling mm-hmm. I think that's something else that uh, the creators for Avatar did exceptionally oh, yeah. well and that is an awesome moment the yeah. dragon dance of showing of showing the audience rather than telling the audience yeah yeah, and the, like like you said, the visual side of things where they don't have to say anything and they're just, the the animation in it as well was just like, okay, they know what they're doing when yep. they're doing the motions, when they're doing the, the um, forms and, and of all the martial arts and the dance and stuff. It's just like, okay, this is good art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, There's just so many really good moments where they do that great storytelling and just like the subtle things, like with that moment when the Avatar gang, Zuko and Iroh, 
have Azula cornered in mm. that rundown village. And it's just that one moment where you see Iroh just quickly look over to Zuko and Azula just sees it. It's like, this is my moment. This is my out. And just fires that lightning at him. Or the, the blast at him is just like, this is the only chance I have to escape this because I'm going to lose otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the subtle things like that, it was just that quick glance. She's like, bam, there it is. Mm-hmm. And for my second moment, it's one of the sad ones. Again, it's it's an Iroh arc, but it's the day, like Iroh's day of, of mourning. Yeah. And he's singing a song at the grave. or, or yeah. It wasn't at the grave, but it was um, the, memorial. the memorial, memorial thing. And it was just like, oh. That that just hits my heart. <laughs> yeah, that episode, Tales of Bossing Say, just Tales hits you Bossing, in the feels yeah. every single time. Like yep. it doesn't matter how many times I've watched that show, or how dead inside I feel, it gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whenever a show can pull off something of that magnitude, where every time you watch it, you get that punch mm-hmm. of just, ugh, that yeah, gut wrenching moment where it's like, okay. And life goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a testament to the story writing, a testament to the art, a testament to just the creative minds behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the visuals of like Iroh going through his normal day and like not feeling like it's going to end up in this emotional moment. And it just continues to build and just. Ugh. Yeah. And I think that's, again, another thing that they do very well in that show is. Like, they do full episodes with almost no talking at all. Mm -hmm. Like, Appa's day of being lost and stuff. No talking whatsoever, except for a little bit of Momo's gurgling. It's the (laughs) same thing with Momo's day, where he's just running through Bossing Sing. It's like, you hear people talking in the background, but it's all focusing on Momo running through the city. Yeah. And they don't need the talking just to tell the Mm storyline. Granted... They're not my favorite episodes, but they're still well done enough to be like... They're still episodes that stood out to you and yeah. that you oh, remember. Absolutely. And so it's like, they may not be your favorite episodes, but they clearly made some sort of impact yeah. as you think about them. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's very well done show. I wish yeah. they had done as well in Korra. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And I, I'm very hopeful for the Korra movie. Um, I do think that that's the one that I... Am clearly the least excited about out of the three. Yeah. But I am hopeful because we have these creators that aren't under this time crunch, that aren't un- working with this uncertainty of what's going to happen. And it's just them being able to take this franchise that they built mm-hmm. and just say, this is our story. Yeah. This is what we're working on. Here's what we came up with. Yeah. And with that one being last in the series, I'm, I, I echo that response where it's more of just, okay this is hopeful. You're now getting as much leeway as you can possibly get to tell the story the way you intended to tell it. We're waiting. And they have the time to do it because they have several years Mm -hmm. to write the story, to get it together. And And I mean, who knows? It's, it's possible that they already know what they want to do with the story. It's just getting everything mapped out and animated that. And that's why they're like, okay, we'll focus on this movie first. Give us X a year and some odd work on it and then the next movie and the next and so on so it's very possible especially with a typical production time like they may already be working on things now oh, i'm sure um, probably and they're at least very, in pre-production right yeah, now it's very possible that they've already got those storylines built yeah and i mean they've been wanting to work on this and they've been they had the setup where they were going to try and do another series with netflix that fell through and now they've got their own studio because paramount just said okay here's your money yeah yep Definitely very excited. I think it's a good show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those that, like, despite all of our different personalities and interests, and like one of us being anti Disney, <laughs> like crazy, and then one of us being very pessimistic about movies, um, and then the forever optimist, the fact that all three of us can agree that this is just. An incredible and meaningful show. Yeah. Yeah. Says a lot. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I just thought of it that way. Yep. Like, as you were saying it. <laughs> like, wow. That's that's kind of weird. <laughs> and, and again, I think it goes back to the fact that they, they weren't going to talk down to their audience. They yeah. were they were trying to, through each, through individual characters who 
through completely different worldviews and different outlooks on life due to past experience, we're able to talk to different segments of the audience. Yeah. So you have those moments where it's that one character who has known nothing but pain, mm-hmm. and then he's still trucking along. Mm-hmm. You have other characters who also knew nothing but pain, but seek nothing but revenge. Yeah. And others who feel like their childhood has been stolen from them, and yet they're still trying to be a child while they still are, and still realize they carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And just seeing like the similarities between characters, but the different paths they take, where like Zuko is just trying to like gain the respect of his father back. And then we see Jet, who just wants sheer revenge and is yep. angry. And then we see Katara, who's hurt, but she's trying to be that caring person to everyone she can be. And Sokka is just like, I'm going to protect everyone I can because I couldn't protect the people I cared about when I needed to. Yeah. And just that difference in like Aang having to deal with the whole like, I'm a pacifist, but I'm in a position where I have to fight. Yeah. And even previous airbenders who were also pacifists are saying, this is your only option. Yeah. Which small little character elements like that and lore elements show the care that the author uh, that the creators put into this where it's not just a matter of well how do we work it into the larger story it's more of a no 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 let's actually go to history and see what characters who were similarly minded what people who actually were pacifists when they were faced with absolute evil and terror what did they do how did they respond mm-hmm. Well, and it's like even with that scene where they go back to the um, Northern Air Temple and they walk into that room and they see Aang's airbending master surrounded by just piles of firebending nation bodies. Yep. It's just like even in that moment, he knew, despite being a pacifist and raising Aang to be a pacifist, he was in this position where he's like, I have no choice. If I do not take these men down, everyone is going to die. Hmm. Yeah. So like slight change here, so we'll uh, <laughs> change the tone a little bit, and I'll just like yeah, we'll, throw it we'll, up to we'll you let guys. the we'll we'll let the resonant earthbender move the heavy load here. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like as a fun little thing to wrap it up here is just like if you could each pick one bending style, what would it be, and explain why. Oh my gosh! And like for me, obviously earthbending. Like <laughs> I have the earthbending tattoo. I love earthbending. You're I'm a stocky guy, stubborn as an ox. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it just makes sense. You got to be more stubborn than the earth. So, like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and it's just, like, the some of the cool things we got to see with the earthbending. Like, when Toph was in the arena and she, like, set up the, like, triangular, like, tent-type thing in front of her to deflect a blast. And then she, like, shoved one of the walls back at them. And then just, like, seeing some of the, like, uh, really cool moments when she was just, like, spinning around them, twirling her arms and, like, making things of earth come up to like block the different things and she's just spinning around in like one fluid movement Mm -hmm. despite it being like a sturdy substance like it's just so many really cool moments of just really fun earth bending stuff yeah and not to mention like her being able to see through earth is like that like her using like the radar through the earth is just so cool like that's (laughs) it's amazing uh, there's so many reasons why she's one of my favorite characters but like oh man she's so good (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, I mean, so for me, I go a couple of different ways because I go between what I like and what I feel like my personality would, would say about me because like, I, like I said, I love Zuko. So I, I love fire bending. I love the idea of, of manipulating fire. Mm-hmm. It's always been like whenever I do or whenever I did pretending as a child it was like (laughs) no i like fire in my hand that's pretty cool but then thinking about my personality it's like i feel like it would be more so like something like airbending where i'm more of a pacifist i'm more of a like i hate confrontation Mm. (laughs) um i'm more fun loving i like to be more like I'm more like an Ang than anything, you know? (laughs) I do think with your personality, airbending does fit you a lot more. Like, I get why you like firebending, but, like, I I agree. I don't think that goes with your personality. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not as hot-headed. I mean, I can be hot-headed. And the many years I've known you, 
I've never seen it. Yeah. And so it's like, if you do get hot-headed, it's very rare and yeah. probably internal. <laughs> very rare, <laughs> internal, and terrifying. <laughs> A silent rage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would probably be a waterbender. Um, just honest internal accounting there. Waterbending, namely because waterbending is more about it's trying to be... It's looking out for the people around you. Mm-hmm. And it is it is kind of a support class to put it in other parlance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where healing. It's, and, it's healing. Yeah. It's, it's that background. Mm-hmm. And but it's, at like the same a, it's time, an interesting like offensive support. Yeah, exactly what I was hitting at. Where it's it is that support class, but at the same time, the waterbenders, if it gets down to it, if you don't have a waterbender on your team, you are host. Mm. Pun not intended. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of that um, waterbending councilman that Cora fought in that mm-hmm. first season where he brings the water bubble around them and he just starts punching and it's like he's solidifying the water into ice as he's doing that and sending these ice shards at her and it's like yeah it can be used for healing but it can also be used to royally screw you up oh yeah mm. and I mean much like the sea you need to find some respect for it mm. and if you don't find that respect it will own you <laughs> <laughs> it's the same concept with like blood bending. Like it shows that there's so much more to water bending than just simply moving water around you. Like, like you have to be fluid with your movement. You have to have that consistency and be flexible and and whatnot. But like, you also have to like maintain that control and respect, like you said. Yeah. Hmm. It just makes me think, like, in some ways, like being able to, quote unquote, multi class Mm -hmm. in in (laughs) bending because like it's funny because when you said water i was a little surprised because personally i almost saw you as earth really yeah because you have a stubborn personality no i don't (laughs) (laughs) and that just proves the point No, and most of the time it's a good thing though. Like you, you have a very, a very set way of of how you think, and so, for better and worse. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you have a positive way about it, and sometimes it can have a negative effect. But like overall, that's what I would see you as is more of a, a earthbender. But at the same time, the way you were explaining water bending, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I see that now. Yeah. Um, so, it's, again, I feel like it could be a very multi-classing thing <laughs> of bending. But. I'm a mud bender. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap us up. So, in closing, just remember, be mindful of the cabbage vendor. <laughs>